tuning in to the Dig On Doug podcast. And we're going to get live. We're going to get you ready because you're going to be in for an earful, baby. Let's go. Yo, yo, it's Dig On Doug. Dig On Doug. Dig On Doug. It's your number one spot. Dig On Doug. Dig on Doug, dig on Doug, another episode drop. This is Dig on Doug, we speak on things we love, sports, books, and grub. Listen, we know what's up with movies, relationships, dynamites, main event, politics, too. And the airways, latest hits. If I like it, then I name it. If I love it, I'll explain it. It's my podcast to play with or experiment. We explore our differences. Fact is, we ain't nothing without photosynthesis. So get a load of this. Lock in and focus in. Informative discussions with substance you can't afford to miss. Steer you from the shallow pits of hopelessness. Change your mind state from renting to ownership. We on some showmanship. Set goals and go for it. Share what I know so you don't have to go through it. There's alternatives, all kinds and turns and twists. Yo, it's dig on Doug, fool. You know you heard of it. All right, what's up? What's up? What's up, y'all? It's another episode of the Dig on Doug podcast. So happy to have you here listening. We're gonna have another great episode for you, and this episode is gonna uh, is gonna enlighten some folks. It's gonna make some folks scary because even like even in the sense of me going into this, I'm like, oh man! But it's new knowledge, you know. When you when you challenge yourself to do something different, even think differently, you get those little bit of butterflies. For some of you, you're gonna be like, oh okay, I'm doing something similar to this already. Let me build on top of this. And then for some, there's gonna be completely new information completely new information and then for some of y'all some of this you're going to be able to take and then pass along to other people and he'll get this and drop some breadcrumbs along the way for other people to be able to follow and everything so uh this is the dig on doug podcast thank you again for checking this out make sure that you uh pass this along to somebody else because it's going to be super helpful i got a, a new friend of mine I've, I've been introduced to over the last couple of months you know hopefully some of you have made some some good new additions to your life for in during this pandemic and everything zoom is a definitely a game changer and so um double a uh he go by adam uh sometimes we call him the, the financial guy on on the other podcast i'm a part of uh stay tuned check that out if you're on facebook uh but yeah uh, many names but a very talented young man who's gonna put us on some game today so uh adam welcome to the dig on doug podcast man Man, Doug, appreciate you for having me on the Dig on Doug podcast. My name is Adam Affigley, folks. Uh, I am 28, or I'm sorry, 29 years old. Recently just turned 29. It's new territory for me. Um, <laughs> also, uh, I'm a, as, as Doug mentioned, I am a licensed financial professional and ready to get straight into it. All right, y'all. So, so this is finances. We're talking about money. We're talking about how do we gonna we just gonna go a whole bunch of different ways. Adam, like Adam just touched on, he 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 does financial literacy and stuff for folks, financial coach, financial advisor. Um, and so we're we gonna get into all of that, but like where I wanted to really start with Adam, like he told you, he told you his age. So all of this is perfect because I, I didn't ask him to tell his age. I you know, usually I leave that up to other people to identify the age, <laughs> but um really looking at this we're in such a crucial time i mean we're coming out of the pandemic um a lot of folks lost jobs uh mm -hmm. a lot of people gained jobs some people are redirecting some people found ways to to do things on their own and so it's always easy to like start off at where oh like yeah they're like this is what i'm doing now and i'm making this and like all of this is happening i'm traveling i'm doing all of this but adam i definitely wanted to talk with you in the sense of how did you get started in this world in the sense of finances and everything and and what was it like for you before you even got into all of this like what was your because i always talk <laughs> about with friends in the sense of everything's a relationship and finances is a relationship it's, it's, Definitely. it's a relationship we kind of be abusive in it uh we can be toxic in these relationships um all these different things or we can be good stewards and all this stuff but where where does your what is your earliest memory of like money and and finances and things honestly my earliest memory was when i was about eight years old um it was when i was living with, in atlanta georgia with my auntie um uh, 
she was explaining to me the value of a dollar, like basically like uh, really helping me understand because at the time um, I had just recently moved out there and uh, basically um, I was just for lack of better terms, a wild child. And uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to touch on that more later, but uh, yeah, I was just a wild child. So when I first went out there at eight, uh, I was six years old, but then at eight, is when I really started understanding money because my auntie, she would, I would always just ask her every time we would go out to whether it was grocery store, mall, whatever, I would always ask her, Oh, can you get me that? I was one of those kids. Oh, can you get me this? Oh, I want this. Oh, I want that. And there was this one day and I'll never forget it. We were at a foot locker in the mall in, in Atlanta, Georgia. And I believe it was a, a pair of Tracy McGrady's. I mm. believe I was. And I kept haggling her, kept haggling her and kept haggling her. And then she struck it to me and was like this. She was like, nephew, sit down. I'm going to talk to you. And she made me sit down where, you know, where people try on shoes and everything like that. She broke it down to me that she has to basically, in order for her to get me those pairs of shoes, she would have to work 16 hours of her life just so I could get that one pair of shoes. Mm. So when I started correlating time and effort and energy into dollars, that's what made me really get into finance and why it, it like planted the seed of thought of like people really need to understand that they can uh, maintain and achieve financial freedom. Because if my auntie is sitting here and telling me that for just one pair of shoes, she would have to work 16 hours of her life. That was mind boggling to me at the age of eight. And so it just evolved from there. So eight years old, I mean, man, I definitely did not have that conversation with my mom or auntie or anything. And if it did happen, I don't remember it at all. And so, um, I mean, to to get hit with that and, and you and you realize that and, and her breaking it down, what what did that do for you at that age now? Like, I mean, we could easily jump to like, you know, 21 years later where you're at now. But like in the in the intermediate at eight, like and a lot of times people say, oh, it was too early to teach kids these things or those things but what 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 effect did that start having you how did you start viewing the world now after that getting that information at eight years old i mean honestly as crazy as it sounds like at that age i it was more so like how can i best explain it i will remember it at random moments like Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be consistent in the forefront of my mind because i was still young so like there would be where I get around my friends and every every ounce of wisdom that my auntie told me just poof because of my circle of influence at the time. So like basically it was really hit and miss and it really didn't fully stick into my head until I reached uh reached the age of 13. Once I reached the age of 13 wow. is when I came mm-hmm. back to uh, California and I basically started linking back. I lived with my mom again. And then like she's seen a different mentality in me because what I was doing as soon as we established a neighborhood and a home, I would go door to door knocking and try to cut grass or wash a car mm. or whatever the case may be and just show that I'm hands on just so I could get my own money and own grind. So I won't have to ask my mom for anything because I experience what happens if I try to ask uh, an adult for something that's in my life, I will get explained to how much effort they have to do just to get me this one thing. So I want to generate it for myself. So I ain't have to have that conversation with myself. No, no, that, that's real. And like one of the things I definitely uh, like just in the sense of what you touched on and because training, training in anything in life doesn't always happen the next day. It mm-hmm. may not happen the next week. Like if, if you're really taking it in and taking it into your heart, mind, spirit, like whatever for you, it'll come out in some way, shape and form. Cause that happens to me all the time with different stuff. It's like, you get in a situation and you're like, Oh, this is what so-and-so my brother, my auntie, my cousin, my best friend was telling me about. And so that's, that's one of the key elements. I think all people also need to, to understand is when you're taking an information, it doesn't always directly, you apply it like the next day. And it may mm-hmm. take, and it will, and it will, and not even in may, it will take training to to make it a discipline yes that that is key like basically like what it took for me to really understand what my auntie was telling me was for me to actually go out and apply it and and like do it myself because mm-hmm. of the fact I'm out there doing it myself i actually learned better that way for some whatever reason and like because of that i was able to completely understand but the problem is at that time was yes i was finally like having the mentality of like okay understanding money but the problem is 
my because I was still young, I didn't know how to make money grow or understand anything past like, oh, this is just something that I could use to exchange for something that I want. That was mm-hmm. the only thing I knew about money at the time is that this is a tool to exchange for something that I really want. And that was it. So you only saw it as as a and this is what I'm also learning as I get older. You always saw it as a consumer process. It, it exactly. wasn't in a sense of an asset process. Exactly. It wasn't it wasn't until about the age of uh 22 is mm-hmm. when someone started telling me, hey, you should dabble, you should try to dabble in some stocks or like things like that. And yeah. that was that was like the literally, it was the most random conversation in a barbershop. Mm-hmm. Or forget it. I was basically sitting in the chair, getting lined up for finishing up my cut, I should say. And like I overheard these two older gentlemen talking about stocks and everything like that. And then I kind of dove into the conversation, or shall I say, interjected myself into the conversation and told them, like, I have a good lump sum of money, but it's not growing and it's not doing anything. And that's when somebody first gave me the initial thought and see the thought, which was stocks. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until later on down the line, obviously, we're going to touch bases on it later. I knew that there was more than just one different type of option to invest. Yeah, no, no. So that's real, man. So then from there, um, <clears throat> so going back to 13-year-old Adam, like cutting yards, washing cars and all this stuff, and now you're trying to grow and develop money and 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 bring money in. So you, like you said, you don't have to ask other people. What was what was your feeling with money? Like what was like the, the emotion that you had with money at that time? At the age of 13, the emotion I had with money, anytime I touched my hand, I was just really happy to get rid of it. Like I was one of those types of persons that like, like at the age of 13, like, oh, as soon as I got it, the first thing the seed of my thought was, oh, what can I go get? Oh, I could go get this new video game or I could oh, go get this new shoe or I could go hang out with my friends or whatever the case may be. No. So, I mean, that's real. I mean, like you said earlier, like circle of influence, and I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on that a few times. And so, but even, even looking at that right now, when you talk about like, I mean, let's look at the gap of like 13 to 22 friends around you. What are those circles like now when you're, when you're maybe, especially in high school, you like, and having this mentality, you can be on a different plane than other people. Mm-hmm. They're like, Adam, like, why are you doing this? And, and all this stuff. What was that like for you? I think the biggest key thing for me, why, like, where I met so quickly worked for me was because I didn't stick around in just one type of circle. And mm-hmm. the reason why was because another thing that my auntie told me when I was young was, you're only as good as the people around you. And at the time, because I was going through growth or I was going through struggles or whatever case may be, my circles would change and I would adapt to different people and things like that. So growing up from the age of 13 all the way into high school, like, especially at high school and in, in, in Hogan, like uh, being that Vallejo is one of the most diverse cities in California, I was able to connect with so many different people. So like at lunchtime, like on Monday, I could be with the I could be with the Polynesian people. And then on Tuesday, I could be with the Filipinos. Wednesday, I could be with my white brothers. Uh, Thursday, I could be with, uh, with the black brothers. Uh, Friday, I could be with everybody. So it was like, I would always put myself and inject myself in different circles because of the fact that each circle I was in, they were having different types of conversations. Mm. Some of them would be similar, but like how they would talk and how they wanted to elevate each other is what showed me. And then I also seen circles where it was a crab in a barrel effect where one person had like an idea, but everybody else, because they weren't either in tune or not positive or not supportive about that idea, they dragged that person down and it hindered their success or whatever the case may be because they listened to their circle of influence. So I put myself in many different circles so that way I could see how I could impact and what what energy can I give to these people or what energy do they give me back? And is this something that I want to continue to have in my life? Or is it something I could just go ahead and set to the side and say, hey, I've experienced this. I don't want it. And I move on to the next uh, next thing. Yeah, no. So, I mean, so you saw early and it comes from like I touched about at the beginning of the show. People being able to use this as planting seeds for other people in their life. And so you had those people in your life doing that early. So when you come to certain roadblocks and you're like, oh, I remember my aunt saying this or so-and-so saying this. So it really helped to develop, develop and grow to to who you are and, and where you are and everything. And so so then when you have this conversation at, at 22 and you're like, they're saying like, 
you're now you're at a point where like, okay, I want to do more with this. I've been able to grow some stuff. I've been able to develop some stuff. Um, even maybe a little bit before that, like what were the, the jobs now that you're like eligible to work? Like, I was hoping we'd get into this. Let's say uh, 16 plus, like what were some of the jobs you were getting into and trying to really grow this, grow this empire you're building? Oh man. So before I got into the financial industry, I was one of those types of dudes that was basically always gunning for the next best thing. Like, because of the fact that like, I'm, I'm somewhat educated, I guess you could say. And like, I could adapt myself very well. I would always get jobs given to me. Or I would always get jobs at the snap of a finger. So like my retention time at a job was usually from the age of 18 up until about 26, I would say. I would only stay at a job for a year because I would get tired of it. I'd get so complacent or whatever the case may be. So I was always bouncing around and bouncing around and bouncing around until the year 2014 when I was a, uh, I think at the time I was about, let's see if I'm 29 now, tw let's see, 20, 23, 24 at the time, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. I was basically, I basically, uh, my brother blessed me with this job at a law firm. And uh, it was a case clerk because he's a paralegal at a big time law firm in San Francisco. Okay. And when I got that job, that job opened my eyes to so many different things. I mean, just on like uh, the fact of like, not only just law, but like being around that circle and like hearing partner attorneys talking about investments, day trading, um, what it is that they're doing and being able to just fully digest that. And being that I was able to work with hand in hand, one of the biggest partners attorneys and that partner attorney happened to be uh, doing labor and like helping like employees who are getting mistreated from employers, like mm -hmm. hearing the stories, like, I would have lunch with her sometimes and she would be like, Hey Adam, have you ever heard of an index account before? Just randomly shooting out the breeze to me like that. Mm -hmm. Just because of the fact that she knew I was at a place where this type of information can take me somewhere, regardless if I use it or not, she's at least trying to plant the seeds into me because I have the mentality. I've showed her I have the mentality to want to retain that kind of information. Mm -hmm. And so like, because of the fact that she was teaching me all this, I started dabbling on YouTube and so forth and so forth. And then, Lord and behold, uh, I get uh, I sit down with one of my best friends and then he says, hey, man, I think I got an opportunity that you're really going to like. And then. Yeah. All right. OK, so so we're going we gonna to get there. So so but, but before that, what was some of the what was some of the work? What was some of the stuff you was, and you don't have to say specifically places. But oh, no, no, no. I'll, I'm not ashamed. I remember where I come from. The <laughs> So my first job, my first ever job, most people would say it's McDonald's. Most people would say it's like a fast food place. Or in our situation, since we're from Vallejo, they would say Six Flags or Discovery Kingdom or whatever the case may be. Now, I got blessed. Being that my mom was a, a manager, a deli manager at, at a Safeway here in Vallejo, my first job was a courtesy clerk at Safeway. At the age of 17, I was, I was uh, just either about to graduate or just graduated. And that was my first job. And then fast forward, I would say my second job was working at IHOP. And then I worked at um, I worked at this mom and pop cafe called Good Day Cafe. Then I worked at this uh, spot called Red Lobster that's very famous. Then I also worked at another mom and pop cafe called Momo's Cafe. Then I also worked at Best Buy. I worked at Costco. I worked at... Uh, I worked at even McDonald's. I worked for one day before I landed the law firm job. So quick story on that was very funny. So I'm literally getting orientation on how to make fries and everything like that. And then all of a sudden I get a call from my brother's attorney and he's like, Hey, we got a job offer for you. It's about $23 an hour. Um, you will be able to start tomorrow. Are you interested? Mind you, I'm in the McDonald's hat, the McDonald's polo. Got the McDonald's name badge, and I'm sitting in front of the screen learning how their French fries are being made. I said, yes, I am very interested. I literally hung up that phone, got up, took off my hat, folded my polo, put my name tag on top of the polo, and walked the hell out of that McDonald's. And the manager was just like, what are you doing? I said, oh, I got a better job offer. I'm out of here. Like, literally, I was, I was basically, like, literally, Doug, I can honestly say I am probably one of the flag carriers for the 
I don't give a damn about this job generation. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, that uh, that that is a heck of a story, and that's that is very uh, what is it, Gen Z e of you? Like, I mean, to pick up the phone while you're at work and and take the call. Uh, no, that that is hilarious, and it's funny because it reminded me of the uh, the T Pain story, just because T Pain said he was filling out a McDonald's application, and then Acon called him. And oh so, wow! That, that changed his his trajectory and everything. So. Yeah, never had the luxury of uh, walking out of a place like that. And I think we're pretty much past those opportunities. Definitely had thoughts and stuff of those wanting those uh, those moments and everything. While this one, I think I was like working at a, at a grocery store. I won't say what grocery store. Uh, but I was like, man, if I like blow up big, I was like, I'll just drive a truck through like the front door of like the place and be like, mm -hmm. I don't care about this place and I can pay for it. But just just those that that is hilarious that i mean that is hilarious just over oh, before my polo here's your hat here's your bad so <laughs> so now nah, that that's 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 hilarious man so okay so now things are starting to progress so now you're you're around these different types of people even one of the things that came to my mind was like changing your view changes your view so it's mm -hmm. like you're starting to get around these lawyers they're <clears throat> different salaries they're at they're at different levels and all this stuff. And and we all get to different places because it's funny when I when I talk to folks and it's it's not in the sense of nothing judging. It's just I talk to folks and people are like, oh, yeah, like I make such and such an hour. And I'm like, wow, I haven't had to think about hourly in a minute. I've been salary for like the last mm. few years. And so like I like hourly doesn't even come to my head anymore. Um, but it's just it's just when you level up and change up, you, the the conversations are different. So. So now you're at the law firm, you're getting all these different information, you're getting this information dropped into you. And then you said your friend, now you're at about 26, 27 ish. And your friend comes to you with, with a, with a new opportunity. Yeah. So my friend at the time, like, um, so I had just told him like, Hey man, I pretty soon got to walk away from this law firm job. My mom, um, she's not doing the greatest in health right now. I want to be closer to home to her. And I don't like the fact that like literally, like I started planting the seed in my mind, which again, before I say this, I love people who work nine to fives because people who work nine to fives, they are the lifeblood of America. It's 100% true. But the thing I hate about people that work nine to fives is that they think that it's the end all be all. And that's not necessarily the case. So like, because of the fact that I was getting into a place where like, my friend, I see my friend blowing up and doing big things in this in financial industry. I, and he's always posting and telling stories about how people need to stop trading time for money. And I realized that's all I was doing was trading time for money. And then on top of that, while I was at work, what helped plant the seed of thought for me to transition into this business was a J. Cole interview that he was doing, I think, at the at the breakfast club. And he said the most wildest thing he's ever heard was somebody approaching him saying that you're only worth fifteen dollars. An hour of your life is worth $15. Marinate on that for a second. J. Cole got approached by somebody who was trying to get him to work, and he got completely mind-blown at the fact that somebody was saying that an hour of his time is only worth $15. Now, now was that his entire life or to where he was right now? Oh, no, it was to where he was right there. And when, okay, he, was okay. saying, when he was saying that interview, like it, it rang a bell in my head, like, dang. So I basically sold myself for $23 an hour. So I'm basically sitting here telling myself that an hour of my life, an hour of my time mm. is only worth $23. Like the, the more I kept thinking about that, granted, it probably wasn't the healthiest way to go about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was basically kept like seething at the thought, like, why am I doing this to myself? So finally, I go to uh, this office in Hayward and it's me and my best friend. I carpool with them and we sit down. They put us in a room where it's about 15 people in the room. Me and my best friend, we decided because we wanted to be fully attentive because we knew that this is something that was probably going to impact us because me and my best friend prayed on it before we went in there. Uh, we decided to sit front row and center. And when we got shown the information, it was mind boggling because of the fact that we've never seen this at all. 
they don't teach us about financial literacy in public schooling. They don't teach us about health. Maybe you could verify this with me, Doug. They don't even teach you how to fill out a W-2 in high school. Yeah. So so if they they don't even do the bare minimum of trying to teach you at least some financial game, like I already knew that this, this, the way society is formed is basically meant to like keep you working almost your entire life and then only be able to enjoy 15 or 15 years of your life, supposedly. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't for me. So basically what I did was like, I sat down in that presentation and they broke down compounding interest. They broke down the three basic rules of money. They even showed me something crazy that I thought was never even heard of in America, which is tax-free retirement. When I got told that, I was just like, hold on, wait a minute. But then when I see the numbers and seeing the statistics and seeing clients that are living actually what this product is doing, I was just like, I need to teach people about this because my mentality has been, of course, obviously to kind of circle back around to high school was because of the fact that I was always around different circles. People, when I walked into those circles, would look at me towards like influence or wisdom or like a listening ear or whatever the case may be. And so being that I always felt like I was in a position to teach or to lead or whatever the case may be, I felt like that was my calling. And I felt like this was a perfect alignment with what God wanted me to do. So I dove in full strength ahead. I got educated on everything. And the best part about it is, is that with this financial industry, I did not need a college degree. I didn't need a financial background. The executives literally, out of the kindness of their heart, took my hand and basically educated me all the way up to where I'm at now. And so because of the fact that I'm where I'm at now with the financial knowledge that I have, I've been going out and spreading it to the world as much as possible. Like I know because of the fact that it's finance and people are like you touched on it, people are scared about it because they don't know about it or they weren't uh they're not confident about it or they they don't know enough about it or they don't trust the biggest thing I notice with finances is that people don't trust people. Mm. And it's hard to find somebody who you can actually trust that is actually going to do the greater good for you. That's why my number one thing when I sit down with people is I want to show you that you can trust me. I know it's not going to happen overnight because trust is not a thing that's established overnight. But I'm going to damn sure show you that I can get, I'm going to give you every single reason to trust me. And on top of that, what I always tell people is that trust is something that can be easily gained but could be drained in a matter of seconds. And I'm not going to sit here and drain your trust in a matter of seconds. I'm here to elevate you and elevate your children's children as well. Well, all right. I mean, so a couple of things there. It's, just, it's a lot to go through there. So, but <laughs> you, you touched on it in the sense of like folks, like you said, like the nine to five folks and everything or whatever, whatever your shift is, like whatever your shift in everything is. And so, um one and this could be a whole nother tangent just have to be like a whole nother episode but a part of that is touch the self-worth and like really trying to reach beyond what you've seen but like you said because often because one of the things i've found in the sense of uh working in career education the last couple of years our, our career just career services professional development is most people try to career path very similar to their parents or whoever their influence mm-hmm. was around them so you had opportunities to grow and everything outside of that. So with that being said, which is a beautiful thing, I mean, we all have a calling, we all have a purpose. There's, we all get different opportunities and everything. So like, so somebody listening to this and you're, li- you're listening to this, you're like, oh yeah, but Adam had all these people like, reaching out to him and all this stuff and everything and yada, yada, yada. The thing I would say to that is, at times you have to make your own opportunity, just mm-hmm. like you would, you would go and like say, okay, I'm gonna go and fill out the application at XYZ store, you also got to say, okay, I want to try and change the people, the, the, the energy around me, I'll say energy around me and where I'm going, then I need to go and put myself in XYZ kind of situations to start, start to change that. Mm-hmm. So, so it's this real element factor of, and it's, and it's, a, and it's a real mindset change. It's a real mindset change in the sense of this country has been running this format since the dawn of time basically since since it's made itself a country and against the grain yeah (laughs) so so it's so it's going against the grain is doing different things and so now that you're coming in because even because even myself like even like the the first time not not when we met because i've been i've been around different circles and i understand different things i all i know people can get that feeling of like oh god this is a pyramid scheme 
that that comes up like these these triggers these things like you said people don't trust people is the struggle of uh again trusting people and then honestly people don't trust themselves with a lot of things mm -hmm. so then it's like but usually when you don't trust yourself with things you outsource that to somebody but then it's like this is my money and it's right. like oh, i trust somebody else with my money but then also it's the development of developing a brain and and a, and a lifestyle that you want of like, and, and you know, this terminology, delayed gratification. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't need, and I'll, I'll just jab people with these. I mean, because it's like a high price value item that a lot of people go for. I don't need these Jordans when I'm trying to get a Great. car, a house, so forth and so on. And, and so when we look at that, when you're sitting down, when you're talking to people, how do you bridge those conversations in the sense of, especially that first time, and you work with people from a lot of different backgrounds, people who work retail to people who work, you know, Fortune 500s and everything. So how do you work with those those folks in that first conversation to like really help them understand, try to understand their own relationship with, with their finances? I just basically like uh, the number one thing I do is I, I, I listen to them, assess their needs and then meet them in the middle. Like basically, like, let's say, for example, I'm sitting down with somebody who's uh, just to paint a picture, a single mother who's maybe has a one bedroom or two bedroom apartment and has a, has a 1996 Honda Civic, but she has a closet literally stacked from bottom to top filled with Jordans. And what I do is I basically sit down with them and I assess their needs and everything and listen to them. And after I get them, get them to hear themselves and, and listen and listen what exactly they're doing, I basically hold a mirror to them of what they're doing to themselves. But I do it politely. So I basically like what I do is I'll sit down and do a personal financial review somebody. And what that basically does, it is a break down your personal expenses on a month to month basis from the necessities down to the uh, miscellaneous. So like we literally cover from like what your bills are to what you're spending. And then what's funny is, is that Usually when I get down to, okay, Mr. or Mrs. Client, how much money do you spend on a month-to-month -month basis on entertainment, on shopping, personal shopping for yourself, and miscellaneous shopping? The reason why I usually save those three for last is because those are the big, big, biggest killers for people's pockets. And, and then after that, I just basically tell them like, hey, if you stop spending $550 per month on Jordans and transfer that into an investment for yourself, not only does it not affect your cost of living, you're already putting money that you were already spending, but now you're just moving it into an into a vehicle where it's actually working for you and it's working for your family as well. Mm -hmm. Because my main thing is, is that when I usually sit down with people, they tell me all the time, oh, are you going to charge me for a fee? Or are you going to charge me for this? Are you going to charge me for your constellation? The best part about me and, and my financial firm is that we don't charge people a dime for what we, when we sit down with them. We just simply just want to educate you, show you your options, and then you do your research and you pick what's best for you. And the best part about it is, is that it allows me to just be completely open and to be completely genuine with people. And that also establishes the trust for me and why so many people trust me, because I literally just put you in a vehicle that you want and you basically describe for yourself. I just delivered to you on a silver platter. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> So, so so let me ask you this. In some of these interactions, when you sat down and we, we did the we did the personal finance assessment and everything, what what have been some of the reactions to folks actually seeing how their money is being spent? Um, it's been it, it was a mixture. Like honestly, it all it's like case by case based. I'll have some people that I sit down with, they were completely on par with their personal finances. Mm -hmm. Or I'll sit down with somebody who had no clue and they're crying by halfway through the appointment because they're realizing how many years they have messed up with their finances. Or then I'll have somebody that I sit down with and they're like, man, I wish I would have started this when I was at your age. If I'd have had this information then, oh my goodness, how much money could I have? So like each one, like it gives me a different type of emotion because of the fact that they'll be like, like the people who tell me that they wish they had this information back when it was my, they were my age, I would say probably that's the number one that kills me the most. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say that is because when I showed my mom this information, she said the exact same thing. And I guarantee you, Doug, if my mom knew this information at my age or younger, we would be in a totally different position and everything in between. So it's like 
the fact that like I am able to give people hope, give people the seed that they need to create generational wealth. Because what I always tell people is, as crazy as it sounds, and this is the if this is not the the if it, if anything else I've said in this podcast, this is the number one thing I want people to take from this the most is that if you want to be having a family of generational wealth, you need to be that family member that sacrifices themselves to create that generational wealth. And what I mean by that is, is that you be the one that goes and creates the type of accounts so that way you can establish generational wealth. Because if you don't, all this is going to be is just talks about it at a Christmas dinner or a Thanksgiving dinner or at a funeral when someone passes or whatever the case may be. And it's just going to keep going for generations and generations until someone finally says, you know what, I'm breaking this and I'm starting it for my family. Okay, yeah, just let that sit there for a minute. I'm, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just, yeah, just, 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 I'm gonna let that get a little bit of just free air time right there. Just and the door opened. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that's that's real. You have you have to not just talk about. It. That's what often can happen in a lot of communities. In a lot of communities that are that are low income. Um, I mean, I come from a low income um, family and everything and right. the words just talking and it's like, but you don't, it's like you want to get in the game, but you don't know the rules and you don't know how to get access to it. And so, and I know it has to be tough for a lot of people that you sit down with, especially when they are older and then you're like, and they see this 29 year old coming in here and they're like, like, what is he going to tell me? Like, and then it's like, then you get oh, yeah. I'll, I'll have appointments where they're like literally sitting there with their arms crossed, completely, completely disengaged and everything. But literally by halfway through the appointment, Doug, and I kid you not, I put this on my heavenly father. They'll be like this halfway through the appointment, like, oh, my God, because because they think they like the number one thing I would honestly say is a curse for people in America is people thinking that they know it all. Yeah, well, that, this, that this is a stocky country. That is the number one thing. And to kind of uh, backtrack on what you're saying, Doug, about how low income and everything like that, believe it or not, my financial firm, and to kind of circle back even further, like financial firms like Charles Schwab, yes, I'm name dropping, name dropping <laughs> podcast. Financial firms like Charles Schwab, Morgan Stanley, and, and other big name financial firms that people see on TV, they charge people for their constellations. Just to get information that I share with people for free, they would charge normal people two to $5,000, depending on your financial situations. And then here's the cherry on top. If you want the tax-free retirement accounts like I've been hinting to throughout this podcast, if you want the, just a piece of information about that, they're going to look into your bank account. And if you don't have $250,000 saved in your bank account, they're going to tell you, get the hell out their door because you're not worth their time for them explaining that. The reason why is because they're keeping that information for the wealthy to keep the wealthy wealthy and keep the middle and lower class exactly where they're at. That's why I take great pride in what I do is because I'm giving you the game. Now it's just up to you if you want to use it or not. And it's for free. All right. He, he just he just hit y'all <laughs> with it. All right. So, so much, so much information. And look, trust me, I know Adam can talk forever. Uh, <laughs> but I also know for this, some people are going to listen to this and some people are listening to this and their stomachs are churning. Like, cause I know when I started to like really try to start to take ownership, I want to say ownership, true guidance and responsibility of my finances. I can get, even still to this day, I can get like this, these butterflies in my stomach. I'm like, Oh my God. Like I'm, I'm it's like when you take on any responsibility, like you buy the new car, you get mm -hmm. go to school, like whatever. There's, there's a whole bunch of boatload of different opportunities of butterfly moments and everything. So, like, let's say somebody's listening to this and they're like, okay, like, I'm hearing stuff. What would be your top three to maybe five steps you would give them that are, like, actual practical things that they can start to do for themselves, to help themselves? To help them with their finances? Um, number one, first and foremost, um, if you don't know finances, because I know that there are people in this world that know finances or whatever the case may be, or have a, a, a outlets. Um, if you don't have outlets and if you lack interest, I definitely recommend um, do use YouTube as your number one source. Reason why is because it'll plant seeds of thought. It'll show you because literally if you use YouTube for the right reasons, 
you'll find a whole lot of things. And uh, basically, like, uh, if you research, like, tax-free retirements, or if you research Index Universal Life, or if you research uh, life uh, permanent life insurance plans, or if you research little generational wealth tools like that, like, it'll show you that these things actually do exist and everything like that. Number two thing I would definitely say is find a licensed financial professional that you trust. Because the number one thing I've always heard when I sit down with people before me or like I'm getting a client or whatever the case may be, they'll tell me that their agent previously burned them so bad to where it depleted like 80% of their account or their portfolio or whatever the case may be. Because the reason why is because like big name financial companies, the reason why they don't tell people about these tax-free retirement strategies is because when they put you in government-issued retirement accounts, they earn residual income off of you since you're a client. But the best part about me is I get compensated through my companies that I represent. So Transamerica is the ones that pay me. Nationwide is the ones that pay me. And the best part about it is it's a one-time payment that I get and I never get it again. And then on top of that too, I'm not making it from my client. So my client knows that I'm not making a dime off of them. That's the best part about it. So if you find a licensed financial professional that you trust and you know is actually going to do good and actually hear you out and not cut you off and not try to just shove one product in your face a whole bunch of times, that's how you know you're in the right hands because that licensed financial professional is looking out for your greater needs. The number three thing I would definitely say is, and I know this this is an unpopular topic because it's something that creeps out everybody, but it's the number one thing that people think about when someone passes away is life insurance. Reason why is because life insurance is the easiest thing and the easiest form of generational wealth, but it's the least form used for generational wealth. And the reason why is because people think that life insurance is only meant for when someone passes away. People are not educated to the fact that no, quite honestly, you could use life insurance to not only grow cash for you, but you could also grow cash for you that earns as a tax-free retirement and you can also utilize it to buy assets for yourself and everything in between and it's all tax-free the number four thing i would definitely say to people is just be open about it the number one thing is if you don't talk about it closed mouths don't get fed it's that simple granted yes i understand it's hard to trust people granted i understand that we live in a society where trust is like very very fragile but at the end of the day if you don't at least talk about it or at least go out there and try to seek it or manifest it or speak it into existence to Christ or whoever it is that you believe in, how is it ever going to get accomplished to yourself? And then number five, and this is like, I would say the easiest one for me is have an open heart when someone tries to talk to you about it that is a licensed professional. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is because if that person is trying to talk to you and they're a licensed financial professional and if they know you chances are they're going to try to put you in the best position possible but obviously use your own best judgment because at the end of the day you know your financial situations and you know your own budget but the best part about it is if you find the right licensed financial professional they're going to work within your budget and not try to get you out of all your money or whatever the case may be like certain financial industries and certain financial firms do that I'm not going to name anymore. <laughs> All right. So you got Adam's top five list to start actual practical steps towards this today. So I'm going to ask you this question and then we're going to get ready to close out. So if somebody's listening to this and they're like, okay, yeah, Adam, that sounds good. But what makes your company different? What makes my company different is the fact that we actually sit down and, and assess your needs. We don't even ask you how much you have to invest, whatever the case may be, because why? We don't care. What Our products that we work with, they're literally designed by you and for you. So to paint a picture, if you only have $50 a month to save for your child, guess what? We're going to put you in a tax-free retirement that helps your child do that. If you only have $100 a month, to say for your own financial future, guess what? We're going to find something that works for you or whatever the case may be. If you have $1,000 a month to save for your financial future, we'll work with you. Regardless of what the amount you have, we find the best solution for you and whichever company you want to work with, that's what we place you in. And the best part about my firm is, is like, unlike, let's paint a picture. Like, let's say I work for State Farm, Doug. 
The only thing I'm going to be able to offer you is State Farm products, even though State Farm may not be the best thing for you because I'm licensed and captive to State Farm. I'm just going to keep shoving it in your face and, not, and I can't be like, hey, Doug, keep it real, man. You should probably go over Progressive because Progressive <laughs> help you a whole hell of a lot more than what I can. But being that I am not that and I am a non-captive agent, I literally lay down all the options for you. I kick my feet up and just basically let you pick what's best for you. And then I guide you to the water because what I always tell people too, and this is the literally closing remark that I tell people when I sit down with them, retirement is not an age, it's a number. Whatever number you see fit that could keep you retired and keep you retired comfortably and not have to go back to work, that's the number that we strive for and we get you to. Yeah, so so folks, this is this is some 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 mind changing, and trust me, I'm learning as well. Don't don't listen to this and be like, oh well, Doug, I don't trust me. Doug Doug is getting it together. It ain't it ain't all <laughs> getting it together. Oh, by and, the way, as a uh-huh. disclaimer, I still don't have it all together because the financial industry continues to grow and evolve each and every single year and get better for clients each and every single year. I have to relearn products or relearn certain things because, mm-hmm. like for example. Our index universal life policy, it recently went up in the rate of return interest that you could get. Previously, you were only able to get about 9 to 12% rate of return on your money. Now, because of how great our financial products are that we work with and the, pro- and the product providers we work with, you're now able to get 15 to 25% rate of return on your money. Think about that for a second. Right. <laughs> think, think about it. Change the mindset. All right, Adam. So... People listening to this, mind you, folks, if you're listening, this is where we're in California. Just FYI, that that changes things a, a little bit. <laughs> um, but if they're intrigued and they, they want to get in contact with you, like how could they get in contact with you? Oh, so how do you get in contact with me? Uh, you could get me on Instagram at Adam underscore Affigui, my first and last name. On Facebook, which is my first and last name, Adam. You have to spell that for people, you know. Oh, I got you. It's A D A M, and then my last name is A F L A G U E. All right, and all of this on social media. I'll make sure I tag him and everything once I post this. So, folks, financial literacy is real. It's a thing to learn, to pass on, to keep it growing. Uh, before we close out, Adam, uh, the closing segment, uh, we, we do uh, what you're digging on. And this could be anything. This does not have to be work related, but just what are you digging on currently in your life right now? Currently, what I'm digging on, man, believe it or not, is uh, 100% my faith. And the reason why I say that is because uh, everything that I have currently in my life or continue to evolve has been because of my faith. And the reason why I said it is because I believe that we're cert- we serve a God of increase. And if you continue to, or for me personally, I just want to say this, um, I've realized that I, if I continue to walk closer to God, if I continue to basically be a good person and not feel like I have to keep score or whatever the case may be, that's where I'm at in life. Because I'm just so at the point where I know if I continue to give, it's going to get come back to me tenfold because why I believe in the pay it forward method. That's how, that's what my mentors have teach me regardless, good, bad, or indifferent in any situation. Yes. I obviously know that, you know, if I get burned to stay away from those situations, but I'm always going to be that type of person to want to give. So being that like right now where my headspace at, I'm all, I'm all in church, just basically learning how to be the best giver I can through Christ. That is amazing. Um, I do not know where to go from there for myself and what I'm digging on. I literally thought you were going to go with the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> thinking that was going to be it. But um, what am I currently digging on right now? I am currently digging on, like Adam said, like self-improvement and through faith, but also just self-realization and, and slowing down, especially as we get closer to coming out of the pandemic and and everything next month um we're we're in we're in may right now um but just being just more in tune and not over pressuring myself um letting the day be the day and it takes work it takes work because i mean i i have some future plans that i really want to happen 
and and really am praying that they happen. Um, they will. But, it's, but it's, I appreciate it. But also <laughs> being focused and staying in the moment is is a key uh, pivotal thing for me right now and, and enjoying this. And so, um, yeah. So, folks, Adam, thank you again uh, for, for blessing uh, the, the Dig on Doug podcast. This, this won't be your last time. It's just your first time. Definitely. Um, and so, folks, I, I hope you got something from this. I hope you take something away. Like I said, share this with your, your friends and your family, maybe like in your inner circle of who you're building. Play this episode for everybody to listen. And then you take notes and it's like, what did you get? What did you get? Then you have a conversation. Then maybe all of y'all be yeah. like, okay, we're going to contact Adam and we're going to get in touch. And then we're going to try to grow. And all it is is steps. Like one of the most, Adam said a lot of stuff. And I'll make sure I slow myself down because I can ta- start talking a lot fast. I'm a lot of fast. That's funny. <laughs> some, of, some of the stuff that we learn, all of the stuff that we learn in life, it comes back at some point in time. It's not all about like, oh, I got to learn all this information and get everything financially right and everything be fine and be able to know. It's okay. I, I, okay, this month, maybe I track my money better. Like, okay, I know where it's going now and I'm tracking it. Maybe the next month is, oh, I'm going to like now make budgets for things and like, and like really try to stick with that and then reassess and everything. And then the beautiful thing about all of this stuff is this stuff translate to the other aspects of your life. When you, when you become disciplined in anything, it usually transfers. It's rare when you have a person who's a, 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 a neat freak at home and like you go to the house and everything's clean and pristine and everything, but then their car is not. That's a transfer that literally right there is a transferable skill because they're organizing and taking care of their car and everything as well. And then usually schedules and all of that are, are organized because a lot of, you know, unorganized and dishonorable people, that's because they have transferable dishonest things in their life. And so just to close it out, um, as Adam said, in the sense of trusting people, work on that, work on your heart, but also trust mm-hmm. Trust in yourself and then value yourself and where you want to go and everything. And so, and that takes work. I, that's not going to happen overnight. Like it really takes work. It really takes growth. It really takes challenging yourself. So with that said, thank you again, Adam. Thank you to everybody listening to the Dig and Dug podcast. Uh, thank you for this. Make sure that you, you follow, uh, that you share, that you comment. Love to hear what you got from this episode and everything. The, the email and everything is down there. So uh, check us out, digundug at gmail.com. You can highlight me there. Let me know what you think. And so until the next time, we got some more great episodes coming up and everything. So until next time, y'all, be safe and just keep digging, y'all. Peace out. Peace.